Welcome to the Portland Center for Spiritual Living and our annual solstice celebration. We do solstice a little bit differently, so we're dispensing with announcements and, and signing you up for book clubs and all the usual fun stuff in order to have a little bit more music and a little bit more celebration today. So for those of you, if it is your first time here, know that our, our normal Sunday service is a little more routine, if you will. But uh, there is plenty of information to be had about us on the table. Just as you entered, there are welcome packets there. And do feel free just to ask anyone wearing some kind of a name badge about uh, who we are and what we stand for. But we're very glad that you're joining us if this is your first time today. Uh, so, solstice. I want you, if you would, for a moment, perhaps to picture what life might be like, say, maybe 100 to 200 years ago. And I think most of us probably at least can imagine what our ancestors' lives were like at that time. Many of our ancestors would have lived on farms uh, or maybe been hunters. Uh, many of our ancestors certainly would have been more involved in what was going on on the earth for a day-to-day -day practice. So as a farmer, for instance, you would have needed to know really exactly when to plant because there weren't irrigation systems and you would need to know when the seasonal rains would be right to not drown your crop, but rather to nourish it. You would need to know about how long to expect the winter to be, right? To make sure that the cattle were sheltered appropriately when the freezing weather set in. And you know what? If you go back even maybe a few more years, there wasn't even the farmer's almanac that might give you a guess as to when some of those things would be. And the reality of nature uh, a couple hundred years ago was that there was a unity between people and the land, a unity between people and the elements, a unity between people and other living things on the planet that, that we don't observe quite so much anymore. And part of it, of course, was out of necessity, absolutely, because if you missed planting the crop at the wrong time, if you miscalculated when the caribou you know, made their trek south and you're left with no food in the land, um, believe me, it made a big difference. So, so part of it was out of necessity, but part of it also was a significant and natural mysticism. There was an actual sense of spiritual integrity between people and between the land. I remember uh, in my own childhood, uh, one winter, my, my grandfather said, oh, come over to the window. I think we're going to have a really hard winter. And I'm like, okay, what's grandpa up to now? He was kind of a character. So we look out the window, and he points to a squirrel that looks like it's wearing a fur coat. I mean, this is a well thickly coated squirrel. And he said, well, that's how you can tell that there's going to be a hard winter. And I said, really? And even from my grandfather's perspective, because he grew up on a farm, you know, he was at least partially aware of some of the, the signs and the, the um, sort of signatures, if you will, of the changing seasons. Not so much for us anymore, I think. But what solstice means to me is it is, once again, a call to come back to a greater unity with our physical world, a greater call to understand this idea of natural mysticism. As some of you know that, that have been here this month, we've been using this great book called The Mystic Heart from Wayne Teasdale. And I wanted to read you um, a, a prayer that's in here. This is an ancient prayer handed down from the Dakota Indians. 
And uh, this was a prayer when a, when a young man was coming of age who would be sent out by this particular tribe on kind of a vision quest, a quest to really understand his own spiritual nature. And the entire pr- tribe would gather and bid him farewell with this, uh, this particular prayer. And, it, and it's uh, given to Waken Tonka, which was considered the, the spirit of the earth. O Waken Tonka, grant that this young man may have relatives that he may be one with the four winds, the four powers of the world, and with the light of the dawn. May he understand his relationship with all winged peoples of the air. O grandmother and mother earth, this young man wishes to become one with all things, and for the good of everyone, everywhere, help him. So this is the spirit, if you will, of natural mysticism. This is the spirit of understanding that we are one with nature, that there's no difference between us and and the winter. There's no difference between us and the summer, between the other animals and plants that we share on this planet. And with the same reverence that perhaps uh, someone would have been grateful to killing a caribou in ancient times, You know, true gratitude, knowing that the animal was giving his life up and that the tribe might survive. So I think we can also approach our own affinity with all of life. So often I think, in fact, if you think of uh, maybe rite of passage ceremonies today, what is it that we do? We wait until they're out of high school, and then we just kind of kick them out, right? Well, although, I don't know, with the, with the uh, early nesting syndrome or whatever they're calling it now, I don't think it works very well because I think they tend to come back. But, uh, but what I know is our idea of, uh, of wishing well to young people as they go out in the world to make their own not so much anymore. We really don't have this idea of making sure that our young people actually know what their mission on this planet is before we say, now go do it. <laughs> it's more than just go do it, and hopefully they'll figure it out. So today, what I'm reminded of mostly, of course, about the solstice is the idea of light. And the solstice to me not only just signifies in the natural world that there is indeed a springtime that's going to come, that there will be a planting season, that of course the days will get longer, that of course life is in an orderly cycle. I think it also is a call to me to represent once again more that unity, the idea of unity. It isn't that we're, we're here doing uh, prayers and lighting candles to somehow force the earth into bringing us spring again, it's really to acknowledge that we have also already done our part in this cycle. It is to acknowledge that that our presence here on this planet does have its purpose and that we are ever as much entwined and part of the unity of all creation as, uh, as anything. And so as we do our part, as we set our intentions for a new year, as we do what is necessary in our own lives to prepare ourselves for next year, so the earth, so all creatures prepare themselves for the part that they also accomplished. And so, yes, it is a celebration of light on the outside. We know that the illumination of the candles, we know that the illumination of the words, the illumination of the music is here absolutely in a literal sense, but also in that metaphorical sense Truly, we are also the light of the world. 
we also shine our light, our abundance, our joy, our peace on all peoples. This is a quote from Ernest Holmes. There is a place on the side of the mountain that we are all ascending, where having gone beyond the peaks that obstructed the light from us, our ascent reaches an apex where no longer any shadows are cast. This is the light that is spoken of, that lighteth every person's path. And as you believe that you live, believe that you are that light. As you believe in the possibility of your own soul, believe that it is God. And as you believe in God, believe in yourself. So as we go about our annual solstice celebration and we speak of the light, I am thinking about the light and thinking about um, the idea of darkness and how oftentimes we will use the glow from a fire or we will use candles, candlelight. And for me, there is something very nurturing and very warm and very soft about a natural light about candles or about a fireplace or any kind of light such as that because it seems to me to be quieting, um, to be softening. It just quiets the mind. And when it's dark outside, as it is in winter, and when it is cold outside, as in this part of the world as it is in the winter, it invites us in. And it invites us within. And so winter solstice is a turning point. In a couple of days, we will be present at the shortest day of the year. And from then on, the days get longer and the nights become shorter. So it is a turning point in that way. And it can also be a turning point for us individually if we choose to answer the invitation to pause, to just stop and go within. And it seems natural to do that when it is cold and when it is dark, to perhaps light a fire or light some candles or both and maybe fix a cup of tea or something like that and just simply pause and go within. Because the light that we are speaking of really never goes out. Like the eternal flame that the candle represents sometimes in ceremonies. There is a light within us that is the truth of us that never can be extinguished, ever. Regardless of what time of year it is. Regardless even of any decisions we may have made or choices we may have made. Or anything that's happened externally ever. There is that part of us that Wayne Teasdall talks about in the mystic heart that is that mystic heart. That's the truth of us. It's the eternal part of us. It is the eternal light. And so this time of year can be an invitation to go within. And as Reverend Larry spoke of, to really understand again, to remember 
that all these cycles and all these changes in season, in nature, in everything, are not outside of us. We are a part of that, and it's a part of us. And so if we choose to do that, we can choose to do what one person calls a spiritual inventory, where we make a ceremony out of just pausing, stopping, lighting that candle, pouring that cup of tea, and sitting in the quiet and taking our own spiritual inventory. And we can do that however we choose to do it. Maybe we already have a practice that invites that. And or we can do these series of questions that invites us within and sets the stage, if you will, for celebrating the solstice as well as for looking at the new year. And so we might use these following questions, beginning with asking, how have I grown this past year? Am I hanging on to something that no longer serves me? Am I willing to consider letting go of that? Am I showing up in the world in a way that reflects what I say I believe? And do I exhibit the traits to the outside world even of what and who I say I am? And maybe ask ourselves, who is it that I wish to become? And then at least as equally important as the other questions, am I willing to love myself exactly where I am, regardless of the answers to these questions? And so I invite us to really take part in this solstice celebration this year. Because in order to spiritually evolve, in order to spiritually grow, it is required that we go within. And that expression, as deep calls unto deep, requires that we stop for just a second, that we pause. And so I invite us to do that this year, make a point of doing that this year. And I believe that as we do that, we discover that just like the cocoon becomes the butterfly, we can discover that we are more beautiful than we ever thought possible. Thank you.